for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, August 13th, 2013. This is episode 94 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, Tuesday evening, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Join me this evening via the magic of Skype, Eric Finkenbeer. What's up, Eric? Well, good morning, Matt. Uh, good morning from Southeast Asia, where the huevos are warm and the bread is buttery. Where the huevos are warm and the bandwidth is awful. Also joining us, Nick Carroll. Yep. Back. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Hey, good to have you back. Missed you last week. Had, had some work to do. Definitely important. Uh, let's start things off. I've been noticing this a lot, and I see one of you. I don't know who it was, but you threw a link to the reasoning uh, behind the problem. But I noticed ever since I had Android 4.3 on the Nexus 10, I've been getting lots of package file invalid errors. Uh, from apps that are trying to update. Uh, and I didn't even think to Google it like I usually do. I just was like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, but apparently, an uh, article on Android Police, they say that the Play Store team has acknowledged this uh, pervasive package file invalid error. So, uh, let's see. This When did this come out? August 13th, so just today. And the article says, for the last week or so, uh, pretty much, uh, I would imagine, uh, ever since 4.3 came out, a great number of Android users have become increasingly frustrated with frequent package file is invalid errors when updating or installing apps. A variety of supposed fixes have been put forward by the community, but have proven to be merely placebos. Now, Google has confirmed there is an issue, so hey, it's not just you, or me, or Nick, or Eric. Yeah, I was having that issue, and actually... For not me, me I'm, I'm still on 4.2. Okay, oh. I, Nick, we have like a five second lag with oh, Eric yeah, here, I'll wait. so we'll just we'll let Eric talk first, and then <laughs> I don't know how else to do that. Eric, you er- having these errors? God, I'm so ashamed of myself. No, I'm not. I'm I'm on four dot two for all my devices still. Okay. Um, and I I'll just point out that this article it's it's kind of a non-story. I mean, literally, it's it's an article saying there's a Google a Google Play support page. For a problem, so I don't know. Sure, it it validates that there is a problem, but I mean that's that's pretty much it. Well, and that's really all we need is some validation. Yes, it's not just you. We're all having this problem, and that uh, Google will hopefully fix it. Yes, Nick. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I had that issue as well, and I was able to actually get the two or three APKs uh, or downloads to complete. Um, I just kept retrying them, and eventually they worked. I, I think. Trying to recall if I went to the Google Play Store and just downloaded the updates again that way, but I was able to get that issue to go away on my uh, Nexus Seven and my smartphone. I, I recall in particular is on my Nexus Seven. So maybe that's the placebo they were talking about. Right now, it's uh, like I'm sure it's just random apps for everybody, but for me, the three were Ingress, Jetpack, Joyride, and Google Playbooks. So I don't know if, if they're the same. It doesn't sound like it's the APKs themselves. It sounds like there was something in the 4.3 update that was just a bug, I guess. And it happens, you know. It happens. It's all good. Eric, thoughts? 
moving on. Yeah, no, no thoughts. Okay. Uh, did you guys see this uh, cheap cast that will basically turn your Android tablet into a Chromecast? I did. I think it's more viable, viable if you're trying to share your screen rather than, you know, like you're probably going to be able to run YouTube on your, uh, or maybe even Netflix on your ta- old tablet anyways. But in the very least, uh, if you can mirror what's on your screen on there, that, that could be kind of cool. This is the thing that, um, what is it, that Koosh made, right? No. Um, that was, no. Wait. That was like free casting or something. I forget what it was called. Let me find it while you're telling us. Yeah, there were two other things I heard about. One was an app oh. that he was going to make, which allowed you to uh, um, basically broadcast anything you have, not just like what's in your tab or stream what's from YouTube or Netflix. And I thought there was another, like maybe a ROM, maybe a version of Cyanogen or some other mod that was going to try to allow Chromecast to everything. But those are two different things compared to uh, this, I believe. Gotcha. So this, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand, like when they say that it turns your device into a Chromecast device, it's saying that then, it's saying that then I can stream things to my, if I install it on my tablet, I can stream things from my phone to my tablet? Yes. Oh, cool. cool. Sure. It says install. I guess there's that's a very limited use case, but it's neat that it, it exists. Yeah, it basically turns your tablet or, or whatever device you choose to air it on. It shows up like a Chromecast, so you can air, choose that or a Chromecast. You know, so the cool thing is you don't even have to have a Chromecast and use this technology. Um, you know, to broadcast to whatever other device you have. So it's the poor man's Chromecast. It says here in the <laughs> article. You basically it says install Cheapcast on the tablet, run the app, start service, install and run Chromecast on your other Android device. It should scan for and detect your Cheapcast device. Now run any of the three apps that are currently Chromecast compatible: uh, Google Play, Music, Movies, TV, uh, Netflix, and YouTube. And it says once you start playing a video, you should see the Chromecast icon in an upper toolbar. Tap it, then choose Cheapcast, and that's it. And it's early beta. So when you so <laughs> yeah. When you use the Chromecast, does it? Um, so, if you're, let's say, you're Chrome, you're using Chromecast and you know playing a YouTube video, is it playing on both the TV and your device, or is it only playing on one? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I believe with it. it treats as if it is a Chromecast. In other words, you could do both options. You could either a stream like YouTube or Netflix to it as if it was a Chromecast, or b the WebRTC option where you're basically streaming your tab. There's an experimental feature with the Chromecast where you can actually share your entire desktop. But the way it's implemented now is you would either A, share, you know, shoot YouTube or Netflix or supported apps to it, to where the video streams from the cloud or the interwebs, to that tablet that's acting as a Chromecast. That's option one. And option two is a tab of yours on whatever device you have being mirrored over there. So, Well, what I'm wondering is that if... So, you know, let's say that, let's say I'm on like a, a plane or a train or an automobile and, you know, it's me and it's somebody else and we both want to watch something that's on my tablet. Can we both watch it at the same time if I set up Cheapcast on their device? Likely there'd be a delay on their end and uh, I'm not sure how well it would run, but say it's running perfectly, I would imagine there's just a delay on their end. So, Well, and that wouldn't matter in that. Well, in that use case, really, it's kind of like on the on Hangouts when you're watching a YouTube video. There, I'm sure there's some delay. It's not re- exact real time for everybody, 
based on the bandwidth available, of course. Pretty cool, though. Did you guys see the article on CNN Money? Apple versus Android. Bang per watt. First of all, we need to, to find some terms. What does bang per watt mean? Not familiar with these measurements of... Sounds kind of dirty. I don't know. <laughs> bang, bang per bang watt? <laughs> no, watt, not what. Oh. Um, more, I mean, we've seen a lot of this. It's kind of gone away, which has been nice. Like the, the, which one's better, iPhone or Android or this and that. And then yours sucks and mine's better and yours is crap. And like, we haven't seen very many of those lately. So it's good to really stir up the trolls and, and the fanboys with, with an article like this every now and then. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll just give an example. Like for me, uh, I'm not really an iOS fan, but if like there was a true retina iPad mini, I would actually consider getting it because if it's at least the same resolution of the iPad 4, for example, it had the similar pixel per inch as the current Nexus 7. Right. So despite the platform, that is an awesome tablet. So, I mean, there's not as many reasons, just for me at least, to, to, to I don't know, I don't really like the rivalry as much. You know, like, it's not, I'm not so it much really, honestly, at this point, it's ecosystem-based. Like, is it more of a pain in the butt to stay with my current operating system and keep all of my music, movies, TV, whatever books that I have invested in this ecosystem? Or do I want to switch and have a new operating system, but then have to worry about duplicating all of my content? You know, it's, it's yeah. really what's the bigger pain. And we should say that we, we can define bang per watt talking about battery powered systems. Uh, he says mobile computing is not about being good enough overall. It's about being good enough per watt of power consumption. So what can you do on your Android phone in the amount of time your battery will last as opposed to what could you do on the iPhone per amount? And I would really say you can get the same crap done, right? I mean, it's going to come down to, like you said, with Android, the PPI, if it's a 720 or 1080 screen, because that's going to suck more battery, how bright you have it. I mean, there, there's a ton of things. I don't see how you can really make a standard measurement of bang per watt. Per watt. Yeah. Sorry. You know, and ultimately, at least for me, at least for me, I, I view like Apple is just another mobile provider, just you know, kind of a premium provider, but just another option out there. Not, I don't think it's so much Apple, or, you know, iOS versus Android. It's just right. Apple's one of the many, you know, options out there. You know, one of the things I found really interesting about this article, though, is let me see if I can get the quote right. Um, he envisions Android replacing Linux as the open platform of choice. Choice. Uh, for what he calls the Internet of Things, and then it goes on. I think that's kind of an interesting statement because, like, like I've got an Ubuntu-powered notebook, for example, but I never use it. I thought you were going to say washer and dryer. <laughs> I totally oh, yeah. thought that's weird. I got a Ubuntu-powered washer and dryer set. That's What's right. up? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just I thought that was an interesting aspect of the article because uh, I know for myself, you know, I work at a place where Linux is everywhere, and I have a Linux our laptop but honestly i don't use it nearly as much as i do my, my phone or my tablet those are just it's I, but i when, agree with that part of it when you talk about the internet of things though you're not necessarily talking laptops and tablets you're talking like appliances hives uh the the ac cooling thermostats whatever yeah. those are called you're talking about that kind of stuff and i do feel like android has been around long enough now to where it's mobile power on little platforms like that could be a lot better than having to mess with a Linux system, even though that's what used to run a lot of this kind of stuff. Or even like Qnix, for example. Right, so. yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. A little embedded 
OSs that were actually made to be embedded. But I mean, plus, I, if you think about it too, with the app functionality, you can have a fridge that interacts with Evernote or Google Keep or you know something. You already have that that ecosystem in place, so all right, that it would make more sense. Uh, what do you think, Eric? Well, first off, can we please stop using the phrase "Internet of Things"? Oh, I like I things. It. I have so it's, many things. Yeah, it's 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 become like the throwaway buzzword that people throw out. You know, people put out there just to, I don't know, sound sound like they're savvy. As, Eric, you know. if you well, could, in my you know, in my experience, the Internet of Things. If if you could keep one phrase, I'm sorry, would Matt, it, your rebuttal, Matt. Would, would it be phablet or would it be Internet of Things? You can get rid of one of those. I think, from the lexicon. I would get rid of Internet of Things. Really? I would go Fablet all the way. Get rid sure. of Fablet. I'm sorry. I disagree with you. Would you go for Megaphone well, as opposed to Fablet? <laughs> I'd go Uberphone. Mega- <laughs> but spelled Ultra with an phone. F, not a PH. <laughs> okay, Eric, continue, please. Well, and I sort of look at the the whole like power per watt thing. I, I understand where, where this guy is coming from, but... At the same point, I don't, I don't, like, efficiency gains are great, and I, you know, where we are with smartphones now is, you know, so, so much better than where we were, you know, three or four years ago, but I don't think that that is going to be the, I don't, I don't think that that will be, like, the, the, you know, the thing that we focus on, how much, you know, how much, you know, productivity am I getting per watt of power, well, that, isn't that? I don't think that makes sense, at least in a in a first world sense. If you think about it, though, isn't that what Motorola and Verizon kind of attacked with the phone that can last forty eight hours or twenty four hours or whatever? Isn't that basically talking in bang per what per watt? Sorry, it it sort of is, I think. And I, I, you know, if you you know if you scale this up, I mean, he specifically said mobile computing. If you scale this up to like a to a um, a server farm or you know a huge data warehouse, then I think like bang per watt makes sense because you're you know you you need because you're dealing with such large quantities. You're going the you other need way. Your devices to be very efficient. For the thing that's in my hand, I don't think that the I don't think that the bang per watt is as important. I have to unless agree I'm with like Eric. you know cranking something to give my phone power. What we're focusing on right now is battery because everything else we've been able to do really well with. Like all these phones and tablets are much faster, you know, much more graphically appealing. They can do much more. But the big thing that they lack right now is battery. I don't think he'd be making that statement a couple of years from now. I think that it seems more important now because that's like the big unsolved key right now. Right. That's the only thing left, right? It's the only thing missing from this puzzle in essence. And pretty soon we'll have nuclear powered smartphones. You won't even have to worry about it or some sort of safer version of of that technology, you know. It'll be interesting to see when these things get more pervasive as far as wearable computing. Can we say wearable computing, Eric? Is that is that legit? Yes, I love wearable computing. Okay. And don't don't give me shit because I think that Internet <laughs> of Things is overused. Internet of I agree with computing. you. It is no. it is overused. And I blame Google for that. Didn't they start that two or three IOs ago? Maybe two IOs ago, where they were like, "We're gonna put Android on freaking everything," you know, from your toaster to your watch to your TV. And that will it's, be the Internet I, of I, I agree with the the idea, right? That you have right. 
you it's not it's not an internet full of computers it's all no. these other it's interconnected weird devices from your toaster to your phone it's interconnected sensors that are giving information yeah. to applications that are then relaying that to a screen that is implanted in your freaking brain not yeah. just think about but it's a my my problem with it comes, and I'm sorry to get on this tangent, is that it it becomes something like when when you have so called experts that will just throw out like right. social media, Facebook. What is your Twitter presence? Right. Have right. you checked your clout score? Yeah. It it cheapens it cheapens the the ideas behind it, and it makes people that actually might have you know interesting thoughts. Which this I think this guy throws out some interesting thoughts, but it 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 lessens you know the conversation. It's almost like buying Twitter followers. Or Facebook likes at that point. But you don't do that? I'm, I do that all the time. Crap. I'm always behind on these things. <laughs> these trends. These trending topics. I pay in Bitcoin. <laughs> I pay in Litecoin. Uh, all right, moving on. Do you guys see this article out of uh, RT.com from Kaspersky saying that the Google messaging service is hacked, sending malware to Android users? Did any of you get malware? I have not. I have not. Okay, so basically, uh, Kaspersky Lab found a backdoor in Google Cloud Messaging Service, the GCM, is used by hackers to steal Android users' data and force them to send paid messages. Unless, I should mention, you're using TextSecure because it'll give you a pop-up. Like, I, I can text my bank to get a balance. It's not a real phone number. It's one of those send-a-text to 53342. Um, TextSecure realizes that it's not a real phone number and says, yo, pops up a message, this might cost you money. Click yes or no, and then you can say always show me this or never show me this message again. So that's just an extra step of, of security if, if something like this happens. Um, but then they say the scheme is only stoppable by Google as it relies on the stolen IDs of Google Cloud Messaging Service developers. Uh, they said they had notified Google of the security breach in its service, which enabled the hackers to register Trojan and backdoor malware in the network of Google's stuff. They say, quote, such tactics rule out the possibility to block access to master server directly on the infected phone. Uh, thus, if an Android user is lured into installing some applications containing the malware, he or she is doomed to have their money or private data stolen unless Google intervenes. Uh, blocking the accounts of GCM developers whose virtual IDs have been compromised and used for Trojan's registration is the only way to stop the malicious algorithm. Uh, Antivirus developers have been warning that over the past year, cybercriminals have become increasingly active in targeting tablets and smartphones, uh, especially Android devices with malicious software. And that that just, we always say that, like, you go where the targets are. You know, if you have a, if you know that these cell phone companies are not at all educating their new users, like on last episode, we had my mom on and she had no idea about her new S3. And times that by like a few hundred thousand and you have these fully LTE connected mobile botnets in these people's pockets because they don't know any better. We predicted this back when we first started the show. We were like, this is going to turn into a giant Android botnet because most of these Android users have no idea what they're doing. And this is, I mean, it's how it goes. Thoughts, Eric? Well, first off, just to to sort of uh, explain a little bit. So the Google Cloud messaging is... You know, it's a mechanism for developers to send data to your device um, from their servers. So this Google Cloud messaging um, sort of sits in the middle and then can push out your, you know, whatever you're wanting to tell, you know, your right. users nothing, or your app that your n- users are using. 
it's nothing the end user sees. It's something you as a developer have an API into. Yeah, and it's right. and it can so that means that it doesn't have to be like a, a an app that specifically has to deal with you messaging somebody. Right. It can um, be any app as long as it gets that malware code in there. So that's I mean that's pretty that's pretty scary that um you know if, that these basically like you know developers unique ID was able to get uh stolen and used for something bad. Um it's it's not out of the question and I'm I would think that this has happened elsewhere with other services with other companies but um this is more of a this is more of like a red flag to me than you know some of this like you know I uploaded a virus on Google Play Store because right. this this has to do with the actual infrastructure of how Google and developers interact with you bouncer isn't going to catch this because you're not malforming code in an app that's already on the store you're nope. you're making you could make an app from scratch that utilizes this GCM service in a malicious manner and then push, instead of updates, you can push this malware package onto the device, is what it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is, that's my understanding That's as well. bad news bears, bros. Bad news bears. Wow. For people... You heard it here first, people. For people bad that are gonna... Bears. For people that are gonna just tap okay when it's like, hey, installing this app may harm your device. Okay. Yeah, and and I, I I have to think that Google at this point is looking at probably thinking about two things like, you know, how can we beef up the security of our developers, and how can we um, have bouncer like interaction uh, with the messaging that goes you know in between the two. Um, it can no longer I don't I don't think it can any longer be like a a trust relationship of like we we trust you because we gave you an ID because those IDs can be compromised. Right. How do you do you have an idea of a solution? Is this just a matter of locking that database down or locking the API down more significantly or what? Well, um, I mean, I don't know if this was the actual name, but maybe maybe you scan the messages for things that say Trojan SMS. <laughs> Trojan dot downloader <laughs> dot malware <laughs> dot fu. Sure, sure. Dot well, exe. I, <laughs> in seriousness, I mean it's right. probably, you know. I, I don't know what this what this looked like, what the actual, you know, the the data that was sent looks like, but um, maybe maybe it is having bouncer like features that scan the updates if there is an update that goes across this channel, and hope that the vast the the breadth of the play store and the users in it once an app is noticed as yo this is doing bad stuff it gets flagged immediately and then removed. Yeah, and you can, I mean, I'm sure that there's also analytics. I mean, Google is a company that collects a huge amount of data, right, and it may right. not necessarily be in their wheelhouse to sort of detect, um, you know, the same way that your bank does, uh, look at stuff that may seem innocuous and say, you know, we think this could be fraudulent. Um, you know, maybe maybe they need some of that you know some of that expertise to look at um, what are some of the behavioral patterns of our developers that might indicate that their um, that their account has been uh, or their key has been compromised. Maybe Google can call up the NSA and be like, "Yo, can we borrow some of your real time analytical stuff? Because we're having a little problem here." Just, could do that. You know, 
Maybe. Taxpayers. Maybe if you didn't want everyone to hate you and be afraid of you, offer something useful for all of our information we're giving you, like Google and kind of Facebook, but mostly Google are doing. Anyway, uh, Eric, what would you like to talk about? JBQ quits AOSP? Yeah, that's interesting. What happened? What, what is, who is JBQ, first of all? He's one of the developers for AOSP or what? Yeah, he was the um, <clears throat> I this this may not be his actual title, but um, the way I thought of it was he was the uh, oh here it is the technical lead comma Android open source project maintainer, which means that he was he was the he was the lead he was in charge of the Android open source project uh, AOSP, which you know a lot of developers will will recognize because when you know Android when Android four dot three comes out. All of us Nexus device owners are looking at the Android website saying, okay, is, is, is it out yet for my Nexus 4? Is it out yet for my Galaxy Nexus? So that was the project that he was in charge of. My friend has an S3 that's running 2.3.6. <laughs> or no, it's an S2. It's an S2 Skyrocket. Oh, God. I was like, yeah, I, no, no. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, my friend's S3 is up to date, more or less. But yeah, this... I was looking at it because I wanted to find him a custom ROM for it because it's just terrible. GS2 Skyrocket or Comet Edition. Oh, but yeah, 2.3.6 still. Which that's really, so, in, the, in the scheme of things, not very old. What's up with those updates, guys? How many vulnerabilities are in Gingerbread that got fixed in ICS and Jellybean? Tons. Countless. Seven. Yeah, my wife has Seven. an on uh, <laughs> Thank you, Mobile. It's on, four point, it's on Ice Cream Sandwich. So I'm not sure why that one got overlooked. It happens. It happens to the best of us, right, Google? So what Would happened? Would you like me to talk about JBQ again? Yes, please, continue. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Jesus, it's, it's like, <laughs> squirrel! Squirrel! Wait! I have a thought. So, so he got, if, I don't know if you remember when the Nexus 4 was released, the images were, I think, I, if I remember right, they were up on the Android uh, site for maybe like a day, a few days, and then they got pulled. And basically, when the when the Nexus Seven, when this new one was announced, um, Jean Baptiste Carrier, <laughs> he um, he posted uh, something to the effect of, you know, that feeling when when your um, your six month planning for a release is screwed up by lawyers, and yeah, it's sort of you know a little cryptic. Like, what does that mean? I, I yeah, I don't, I don't get where you're coming from, and. It, it sort of snowballed from there where he, you know, he, people were posting in the Google group, the Android developer Google group, like, hey, you know, why, when are the, when's the Nexus 7 image, uh, you know, AOSP image going to be released? And he, he would say, you know, I really can't, I can't talk about it. I don't know about release dates because that's not, that's not, you know, something I'm privy to, et cetera. He eventually quits, you know, says, I, I can't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Um, and, uh, and and starts giving us more information as to why he thought at the time that um, we would not be seeing potentially not be seeing any image at all for the new Nexus Seven, and that's that it is running a uh, Qualcomm uh, processor. So it you know if you look at if you look at the history of all these Nexus devices, um, <clears throat> the Android Authority article has uh, you know has a list here and it shows like the Nexus One 
Qualcomm device. Nexus 4, Qualcomm device. Nexus 7, the most recent one, Qualcomm device. And in all three of these scenarios, you either didn't get an AOSP image or, you know, there were a lot of legal problems surrounding it. Um, so th- I, that's why, I, I guess, that's why he, he quit because he said there's no point being the maintainer of an operating system that can't boot to the home screen on its flagship device because of lack of GPU support. It's a good point. And does that kind of speak to back when those uh, the open source arguments, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, uh, was happening when people were like, oh, Android isn't really open. This is kind of a classic example of that, isn't it? That like it is open, but not in these certain circumstances or cases. It's it's open to a point, which is why you have, um, you know, you you can you can build you can build uh, you know AOSP onto a Nexus device, but you still have these you know what what people refer to as blobs, which are these chunks of of data that make something work, but you can't see the source code behind it because it's proprietary. Right. Right. And and I mean that's. That that seems to be the case, which is that Qualcomm has some of these blobs, and they're like, you know, we're not going to release anything. So, you know, you can't you can't have your uh, you can't have your your image for the Nexus Seven. Isn't it in their um, best interest to play well? I mean, there's Qualcomm isn't the only ARM chip manufacturer out there. Like it could, it, it would almost seem if this is the case in a manufacturer's best interest to then switch chipsets to a Snapdragon or something else. Well, they're not the. Um, they're not the only game in town that's true, uh, and I'm not, I am in no way an expert on, on these sorts of things, but from what I, what I keep reading is that um, you know, a, lot of, a lot of journalists that I've read this past week have said that Qualcomm is, is still an industry leader. They are, right. they are uh, producing a lot of these innovations, and they also are very, you know, they're very protective of their uh, intellectual property. To the point that um, one one article I th- I think it might have been um, on Android Police uh, stated that Qualcomm had gone so far as to create a separate you know like shell company that houses all of its IP to further insulate it um, you know from you know from the you know from everything else from the OEMs however that being... lawyer speak stuff works. Well, I'll say this: they are they are the biggest game in town by far, bigger than Samsung when it comes to these uh, uh, chips that are being made. And one thing to think about: the, the last iteration of Nexus devices were, you know, Nexus Seven, Tegra, you know, the Nexus Ten, you know, the Exynos, and then you had uh, Snapdragon for the Nexus Four. Well, this time, honestly, it looks like, uh, to me at least, all three of the new Nexus uh, Seven, Ten, and smartphone are going to be Qualcomm. And uh, if, how do I say this? If they don't get this stuff settled, we're going to have a, a, a greater delay in uh, having these uh, AOSP uh, ROMs coming out because it's all Qualcomm and uh, they're all in bed with them. There's no Tega 4, you know, the next Nexus or anything like that. So I don't know. I just think that this is a bigger issue now than it was last year and we may see more of this issue in the future. Maybe, I don't know. Well, one thing that's, it's, I don't know if it's because he quit or, you know, if it was just really poor timing, but I mean, less than a week after he quits, the Nexus 7 images, factory images and binaries get put on the site. So it was, I, I guess the question is, was it overblown? Did he make a rash decision based on 
you know, whatever drama has been happening between the Nexus four and things leading up to the launch of the Nexus seven, or did Qualcomm or Google look at this and say, wow, this is not, this is not a good thing that we have a very talented member of our team quitting because of, you know, the BS. Um, maybe we need to address this. Uh, and I, I honestly, I, I, unless we, unless we can get direct information from people, um, unless JBQ posts something on Google plus, we're probably not going to know until the next batch of devices comes out and we either get an image really quickly or we don't or never do. Yeah, whatever it was, it was big enough for him to quit. And this story may not necessarily be over yet. You know, there's more developments as, as time goes on. But whatever it was, I mean, the man basically left his job over it. So I would definitely like more information. And I just put together who JBQ is. It's Jean-Baptiste Kiru. I follow him on Google+. Plus. I know that guy. I mean, I don't know him, but, like, I follow him on Google+. Plus. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. And didn't you say that there was an image released sometime after he quit? Yes, like in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Jump the gun. Well, that's the we'll thing. See. There are developments that are coming out now that I don't recall exactly, but, I mean, this is definitely ongoing, but some of the sites like Android Central are basically... It seems to me that they're intimating that other sites have jumped the gun. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think there's definitely more investigation needing to be done here on this one. Interesting. Did you see the uh, uh, the Google Glass uh, price speculations? Some people are saying around two ninety nine, three hundred bucks, which kind of sounds about right, right? For what it is, I mean, it definitely wouldn't pay more than three hundred bucks for that. I would buy it at that price. I, I would. I would also buy it. I think at that price. Any more than that, though, and it's like it's got to be better than what I think it's gonna be, even in the consumer version. I mean, we're still early. Early stages, and I saw an article. I didn't throw it in the doc, but it was about a guy that made like a an AR game using glass, uh, augmented reality type game, and there wasn't one before. So, if there's more augmented reality stuff, like that's what I'm interested in. If I want just quick notifications, I'll get a watch or something. But if you can truly and and fool my brain enough to where it's not annoying to constantly be looking up like that and going cross-eyed to make augmented reality really useful. Then definitely, but if not, think, if it's gimmicky and poop, I don't want gimmicky poop. Well, just think about some of your bike rides. You know, you may get to you know film some of them. That would be awesome. So yeah, but I also, if I want to do that better, I just get a GoPro at that point. But I get the hands-free thing. You can talk to it while you're riding, and, and that's cool. But any more than three hundred, and it's got to be way, it's got to be way more like augmented reality focused instead of just notification focused, and like. Hands-free camera. You can get an app, actually, for GoPro that'll do that. So, you know, how much are those? I think that 300, 300 meets the maybe the prevailing consumer expectation. Sure. Um, it's not whether or not it, it's worth that much or it's worth more. I mean, yeah, that, that obviously needs to wait until the final product comes out. But it, it it's it we should say that this is this is pure speculation um the article comes from the china china post uh out of taiwan and it's there's no like we're we're not seeing the actual data it's just it's just saying it's this a researcher, researcher says that at topology research institute that's who's saying it so yeah and there's no there's no report you know that's linked to so no. we really don't have the source data but it 
I, I don't know. Like when we do these breakdowns of phones when they and they they, you know, check each component, this seems like it seems in line since since Google Glass has a lot of phone components. Like it the gut feeling says yes, but in reality we don't know and, and nobody knows. No, and what point. we're saying is we wouldn't pay more more than that. So if it's not that, then it needs to be a much more compelling device. Yeah. Well, ac- according to Jeremy, I, I I wouldn't buy it unless it were you know three times as much. Or if it was free and ad supported, two. you know, and then I just root it, get an ad blocker, boom, free glass. What's up? Just tape my phone to my head. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say at least for myself, that's like an ideal price point. Like I personally would not buy it if it was five hundred dollars, but at three hundred, I would consider it four hundred. Again, that to me, for what I would use it for, I just think that's a little too much. But maybe even three hundred is too much. But to me, it, it like I'm fine with that number. So three hundred and a thirty day money back guarantee. So after fifteen days, when I'm just totally over it, I could take it yeah. back and get my money back. Good point. Choose your retailer wisely. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Oh, Odex. Eric, what is the difference between Odex and Deodex? Well, thanks for asking, Matt. <laughs> I'm just no, reading I, out I of the dock, bro. Totally just reading out of the dock. No, I... I had to I had to research this a little bit because this is one of those things that I I saw it a lot with ROMs like you know this ROM is Odex this ROM's Deodex and I I could never tell the difference and I so I really well, didn't care. I I remember it back in the day you for the Droid X I think it was that you had to have a Deodex ROM otherwise it would brick the phone and brick it in as far as it would boot loop or whatever. If I remember correctly, I may be wrong. Oh, wow. But those were the days. Right? Like <laughs> awesome. when it mattered, like when IRQ settings mattered. Do you remember those days? When you'd have to bootstrap. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. IRQ <laughs> settings. Don't even get me started. I still, on that when, I, when I scroll in my all apps and I get down towards the very bottom of just all the apps, it's like Droid X bootstrapper. I'm like, oh, man. The good old days. God. Well, o- basically, Odex and Deodex refers to. Uh, refers to package files. So um, applications are APKs. Um, in, in, in a Deodext ROM, the applications, I believe, are still APKs. Uh, the, or either that, um, it wasn't very clear. It was either APKs or a version of APKs that can be, um, that can be modified. Now, ODEX, or, now, yeah, ODEX is, that's when you take a file like an APK and you you run it through uh, you run it through a script that that optimizes the code, but in optimizing the code, you're 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 even though you're making it you know, in theory faster and more efficient, um, you also lose the ability to customize uh, aspects of that. So that's why you would have ROMs where um, you know there there's a heavy emphasis on you know customizability either by the developer or by the user those would be deodexed and if the focus is on making it fast and you know fast and swift and efficient and battery life you know helping the battery life they you know people would odex the odex the rom um some of this seems i honestly seems a little bit like snake oil to me um whether or not you're actually seeing a difference um but this there is a developer on XDA 
who believes that by odexing by odexing everything, not just your apps, by odexing your bootstrap. Hold on, your, hold on. Are you saying odex yeah, yeah. star dot star? That's all right. All the things. All Odex, the things. <laughs> wild card. All the things. Odex the internet of things. <laughs> I odex the whole internet. It's it's good. All the things. So it's it's a script that you can it's a script that you can run through your custom recovery that will that will give you the option to odex like everything in your phone um, with the with the intent that it will make things faster and more battery efficient. And does it? Okay. Is this like keeping okay. your entropy pool topped off? That that is the question, Matthew. Is it? Is is this is is this just BS that is meant? If we were a real show, we'd reach people out that to, don't know what they're doing. If we were a real podcast, we'd reach out to these fools and be like, "Hey, no, we is this for real? No, Come on our show and argue about it." You know what, Matt? I am a real podcast. I am a you real don't podcast. Know. All of us. Are. The, hey. I'll reach out to the guy. I'll reach Matrix out and be like, "Hey, we think we think your Odex script is bull. You want to yeah, defend on, yourself and explain it. Poke him with a stick. See what happens." Yeah, why not? That's fine. So I I haven't done it yet. I found this last night, and can I ask yeah, you? Yeah, I, I don't it, know. Is this like going into uh, the recovery settings and and saying fix permissions, and then it goes through all the apps? Is that basically what it's doing? Uh, I. Th- I think in the sense that it's going through things in recovery, but as far as like what it's actually doing, it, it's running a script that, that does this odexing process, this optimization process on all the parts of your system, not just your apps. Hmm. With the I idea like that – because odex, it, odex runs – it's opti- when it says optimized, it's optimized to run in, in Dalvik. So in the in the runtime environment is it's meant it's meant to make that faster. So it, in theory it should. And and this is this is the other part that people say you only see a difference the first time you boot it because if you have a Dodex ROM it's going to take longer to boot because it's doing that optimization already. So I really don't understand the benefit of this, but. It is something I wanted to throw out at least to the community nice. or to you, smart gentlemen, and see, see if anybody had, you know. It was important enough for them to put it on XDA developers on the yeah. front page. So yeah. what am I missing? For sure. It seems in the comments, too, it's like half and half. Like every, the half of them are like, Deodex is better. And the other half are like, Odex, is, this is awesome. So your mileage will vary, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really, I don't think this matters at all. <laughs> just from a technical from a okay. technical standpoint and Fair from enough. like hey this is a neat thing somebody did that's great yeah, from from like a, a usefulness cheap. standpoint unless you're unless you're you know some of the people that listen to this podcast somebody that likes to screw around with their devices and see what makes them tick then you know unless you're that person i don't think this really matters you shouldn't be grabbing mom's phone and odexing it <laughs> look mom i fixed it <laughs> yep that's that's always a that's always a good decision Nice. Uh, let's see. The Droid Life article about the Moto X sold through Google Play. It's not going to be a Google Play edition. And I also I heard uh, that it's not because the Moto X isn't really like there's not a lot of skin on it. There's no Moto Blur really. It's you know it is what it is. So to have a Google Play edition, it would just be pointless because it's basically there. That's just what I heard. I don't know. Could, yeah. be, could be total bull. Why wouldn't? 
Then why wouldn't if it's if it's if it's practically a Google Play edition, then why wouldn't they just call it a Google Play edition? Because it's the Moto X, son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, know. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Don't forget it. I, have, I and, honestly have no idea. I mean, I certainly well, I, agree. I don't get it. Go for go it, for Nick. It. I'm sorry. No, Nick, you go for it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I would certainly agree with many people that would think, hey, the Moto X is pretty much like stack Android with just a handful of things on top. But, I mean, realistically, it isn't a Google, Google Play edition, so I don't know why they'd sell it on there. I don't know. You're not gonna it's, not, it's, not like they, it's not like they're owned by the same company. Right. Come on. Do you think they're almost going out of their way to be as separate as possible so that the FCC or whoever that governing body is doesn't be like, you're very anti-competitive? I mean, can't you just order off the Moto X site? I'm not sure. Like, why did you let them buy it? Why did you let them buy Motorola in the first place if they were going to have to be such, like, separate like that? That's such a pain. We were all excited. It's, It's not. I don't think it has anything to do with regulation. I think it has to do with keeping good relations with their partners. But with Samsung, if their partners look at this and say, Samsung has completely monstrified Android. If I th- messing after messing with the S3 and my friends S2, it's it's an abomination. It's not Android. It's jokey text and poop. So I think Google should be like more like here's how a real device should roll and let the market speak for itself. Yes, I, I kind of think they should own it. And we talked about this last week, um, either last week or the week before, that the, there seems to be a disconnect between at least it, there's a perceived disconnect, whether or not it's real or it's just you know a ruse to make you know their hardware partners feel better. There seems to be a disconnect between the Motorola teams, the people making these phones, and the people at Google working on Android. And this is just another example of not getting it. I like one of the comments here. It says, Moto knows they have a good product. They just don't know what they want to do with it. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Flores. Yeah, and and I will say, too, we, we really don't know if this is, quote, basically stock. Right. That's just I mean, from until, what I've read Until it gets out there and it's in more hands than just Leo Laporte and some other people. Right. I we think that's know. who said it, too, uh, was, was Leo Laporte. But I don't know. After after reading it and looking at it, like I said, my upgrade's coming up if if and when it's on Verizon. I don't know. I, I liked Motorola's hardware back in the day. I like it much better than Samsung, definitely. Um, it, it might be a cool device. Get that wooden back. I don't... That's so stupid. Why do well, people do that? They're like, ooh, and coming soon in six months from now, baby blue mist. Like, I give up. I don't care what color the phone is. Seriously, it's, it's like, in my it's pocket. It's like buying a station wagon with wood paneling. <laughs> now, that was classy, though. That was classy. Because if you were really smooth about it, the wood paneling on the car matched the wood paneling in your room. It was like a whole... You know what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. <laughs> what else What else do you want to talk about before we do app picks? Got a, a few more minutes here to kill. Samsung folder? Let's, can we talk about the Samsung folder? I well, talked we'll to my wife about this is because she, she 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 loved her flip phone back in the day. She had a razor. She had well, yeah. some Samsung thing. She thought this was a cool idea, and I I kind of do too. I made fun of it when we first brought this up, like a month or two ago. But I liked having a flip phone 
This is intriguing to me. Is it? It's like the Android feature phone almost from the screenshots. It's, I mean, minimal. It it may seem that way, but the reason I like it flip phones was it was compact. Three point three inches. For the display, like that's a tiny screen. It's like an iPhone, bro. That's still bigger than a lot of uh, flip phones back in the day. Plus, it's more powerful. So, well, yeah, I can see the appeal for it. They have what quad core one point two gigahertz, likely a Snapdragon two hundred, but not sure. Uh, Giga RAM, five megapixel camera, micro SD support, Android four point one based software. Oh, Samsung. Oh. Aren't we? I mean, on you're not going to be playing point... Angry Birds on this month. Aren't we on four point three? Sure. You're probably not going to get a lot of updates to it once it's out. Do well, you think so... <laughs> four point yeah. one's where it's at, yo? <laughs> this is it. Oh man. Well, thanks for the spy shots, Korea. It's the you know it's the starter phone. Yeah, that's and, probably. Oh my gosh, that's it. Ho- hover over the picture. Is, is this the code name? Is it the Samsung Hennessy? The Hennessy? <laughs> <laughs> For when you're at the club. Gotta flip it. The older phone. That's so awesome, Samsung. I love you. Oh my god. Can we talk about a game? Please. Is it your app Deus Ex, The Fall. No, it's not my epic. Not yet. Deus Ex? This is, this is news. Nice. We're still in news, my friend. Nice. Give me the news on Deus Ex. Do sex. Uh, look in the was a great game. Look in the permalink. Do's X. <laughs> nice guy. It's so. it's out on iOS, I think, right now. Uh, Deus Ex: The Fall. Um, it looks it looks really great. I think the I think the reviews were a little like lukewarm on it, if I remember right. Um, but the fact that it's a it's a huge game that's um, that's coming out for Android. I wish it were at the same time as iOS, but at least it was like, you know, it's, it hasn't been like a year. It's only been, I think, like a month or so. Um, it's neat that it's coming out. Uh, but, but, the other, Eric, it's, but, it's but, Square Enix, which means it's going to be $16.99. It'll be $50. It'll be $49.99 every month. <laughs> Stop doing that, Square Enix. I like your games, but I won't. I don't like them that much. Come on. Did you did you read the part that it said that uh, on iOS devices um, they made it to where if you're running it on a jailbroken device you can't fire any of the weapons in the game? Nah. <laughs> yes. If that's such I'm sorry. Dicks. If if you did this, Square Enix. Wow. I would I would just be so angry. Is that, I would never like, buy another Square that's, Enix game. Pacifist mode. That's DRM. <laughs> that's passive aggressive DRM. We will not sit yeah, for your passive aggressive. It's DRM. Board. Against people that are not necessarily pirating your game. Right? Dicks. We pirated the OS, and we didn't even pirate the OS. We just jailbroke it. I just wanted to to run Titanium backup. I just wanted to back up my stuff, man. God. You know, when we we went to Vegas for DEF CON, we were playing Uno a bunch, and if you... I had my tablet, like, all the signal turned off, because there's no connectivity to that. So I went to turn on Uno, and it's like, checking, license, derp, you're not on the internet, you can't play Uno. So I tether it to my phone and start it, and then exit and turn it off, and then start it again, and it was totally good. But that's like such a weird thing. Like, why would you, I bought the game, why are you, rely, why are you requiring this connectivity to start the game? That, that's just, Listen, I criminal. hate that. I hate that. 
the internet of games. You, you may have bought the game. But you don't own the game, <laughs> Did, my friend. You, you don't, don't own the game. The game owns you. You bought it. You don't own it. Uno! <laughs> There's your license. <laughs> uh, uh, we are checking your license. We have no connectivity. No, nine. No Uno for oh, you. Oh, God. It's terrible. We've jumped, we've jumped the shark. All right. App what's picks. your app pick, Matt? No, Eric, what's your app pick, Eric? And where did your navigation widgets go? Hold on. Nick? I'll say. Nick has an Atrix, oh, too. Yeah. Where did your navigation widgets go, dude? I think this was uh, tied, tied, <laughs> tied up to that, uh, what was that uh, app, that Google app we lost recently? Like Maybe it was called navigation. Oh, but... Latitude. Latitude, yeah. I guess that was tied to these little widgets I had, but on my Nexus 7 as well as my HTC smartphone. I know what you're talking about. That was. I had links where basically if I'm at the house, I click work and it launches maps and I get to see, hey, is there a shitload of traffic between me and work? You know why? I know why. I know why. Because the last update, remember navigation was beta? When you Mm -hmm. launch it, it'd be beta. Um, The last update for maps combined them. So. Inside of maps, you navigate and it just navigates you. There is no loading, uh, loading navigation beta or whatever. So in your shortcut applications, you had it going to navigate, which was a separate app. So once those merged, there was no app to go to. So you, it disappeared. Yeah, I've got to figure out how Boom! to get something similar. <laughs> CSI that I shit. Got a way of getting something similar because the cool thing about the widget was I basically clicked on it. Click on it again and open up the map. You can kind of see what's going on. Right. But I exit back out to the screen and it tell me how long it would take to get to work. Doesn't the new critical? So. Doesn't the new maps have that? I haven't been able to figure out a way of making that work. I, I mean, I know I can those. open up maps and then choose a destination, but I don't know how to make a shortcut on my desktop where I can just click it and see how long it's going to take to get to work. If I need to leave a half hour early or an hour early or whatever, so uh, isn't that in Google Now though? I feel like that's Google Now functionality. If it's a destination you recently searched for, or if it's your work or home destination, it knows, and it'll tell you. Yeah, that card will pop, on my, pop up on my Nexus 7, but right now I have it permanently at work on my desk so I can ah. uh, study there. So I don't want, want to keep carrying it back and forth uh, every day. So Makes my sense. smartphone is 4.1. It doesn't have Google, uh, 4.0, so it doesn't have a Google now. So What are you doing on 4.0, brother? Yeah, I know. I'm lazy. What's my only phone, so... Uh, doesn't that suck? It it's like I know yeah. there's something better, and it's right there. I can see it, but uh, I can download it. I can yeah. download it. It's on my device, but I can't it's install it. It's the internet it. of things in there. It's yeah. it's yeah. just one of the things, <laughs> just one of the many things. Yeah, no, I have to mess with those more. I I don't really use those widgets. I'm sure there's a way to do it though. You could just start using Waze. The Waze widget will tell you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Waze. Google Waze. Google. <laughs> Awesome. All right, uh, Eric, at pick now. Fine, Jesus. It's uh, active notifications. And active notifications is basically a copy of the stuff that we're seeing from the Moto X, where it, so on the Moto X, uh, if you get an email, um, because of the, uh, the type of screen, um, I think it is an AMOLED or something, where they can only, they have the ability to only light up certain pixels. Right. So you have like this little, you get an email, you have a little email thing that just floats and, and gently ebbs, you know, in the middle of your screen. And then it's, it's sort of like the little, the little lock widget circle where you can drag it up to open the email or you can drag it down to un- unlock the device. Um, 
somebody basically copied that functionality and turned it into an app um, for anything, I believe, running like 4.1 or above. So uh, it's free. Um, but there's like an in-app purchase of 99 cents if you want to access some of the premium features, um, which are, I think it's like the one that I, the one that I remember is, um, you can have it like automatically stop doing those types of, um, you know, notifications at night while you're sleeping. So that way you're not draining your battery in the middle of the night. Um, but, uh, I think for most people, the free version is probably good enough and it's, it's actually very useful and pretty cool. I've been using it for the past few days. That is pretty cool. Isn't the middle of the night when you're supposed to be charging your phone anyway? You would you would think so, but I mean, I'm just I, I'm sure that I'm sure you've had a situation where you've been you've well, fallen so, asleep or forgot, passed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then I'm having to charge it on your way bit. to work and take the long way to work so your phone's charged. Well, the ex- yeah. ex- experience would probably be a little bit different if you had an IPS display because since it is still a little bit, it's still a little bit backlit. Even in complete darkness, I'm sure you'd see the entire screen come on just s- sort of dark. So that that would, I don't know, for me it would be annoying to look, you know, look next to my phone and it's kind of on. Honestly, the notification light itself, like I can have my eyes closed in a totally dark room and I'll see this vibe <laughs> of light and I'll open my eyes and it'll just be like, bing, bing. I yeah. fixed that by setting light flow to turn <laughs> all my, all my lights are kind of darkish red. So literally, unless I'm actually looking oh, nice. at it. It, it doesn't reflect anywhere. So. Mine are like white and blue and green. <laughs> I, f- I right, fix so. this by turning the phone over. America. That's a good point. I should start <laughs> doing that. Yeah. But then how do you turn it that's, over that's to snooze? That's the value we offer. But then you can't turn it over to snooze because it's already turned over. Just Never use mind. your Pebble watch. <laughs> All right. <smart. laughs> what? Nick, give us an app pick, please. Okay. So my app pick is a 30 Mark from uh, Future Mark. And, uh, it's a benchmarking program, and uh, I think in and of itself doesn't have much value for your average consumer other than, hey, it's a cool demo to watch. Um, and you kind of need modern hardware to run it, like my Atrix 2 doesn't run it because it has the OMAP processor, and that's one of the chipsets that currently doesn't run. In fact, I try to run it, and it just widescreen doesn't do anything. But on the Nexus 7, it runs fine. It runs fine on a lot of hardware. One of the things that I like about this particular benchmark is that it actually disables VSync when it runs. So running it actually has more value. Anytime you run a benchmark like N22 or Quadrant or any of those, you're locked at, or the Epic uh, Citadel, you're locked at 60 frames a second. So the value isn't that good, in my opinion, in terms of measuring frame rates because you're locked at 60 frames per second. It's a governor. No, it's not. Limited. So, but with this, I've seen some... Uh, uh, demos run on hardware that's better than anything that I currently own. And I see, you know, 70, 80 frames per second. And I think that allows you to have more accurate report on uh, hardware. Also, when you look at benchmarks like Antutu, for example, realistically, it hasn't been updated in years. If you look at the highest end uh, phone that's listed there by default, it's HTC One X. And other than that, you pretty much have to compare your benchmarks to others. So the 3D Mark... Uh, compares, I don't know, it just allows you to see more modern hardware uh, uh, tested better. So, I don't know. Anyways, that's just my suggestion. It's free, and you, you get to watch some pretty cool demos. And if you're comparing, let's say you have a lot of different devices and you want to see how they compare, I think it has more value than some of these uh, other benchmark programs. So that's just my, my two cents there. So 
Pretty yeah, mark by future mark. It does. If it, it sounds like it's removing whatever built-in governor might be on the the frame rate, which will give you a more true benchmark. So, and I mean, Correct. you know how benchmarks are in general. It's just an idea. It's not here's mine is this much better than yours exactly by this many points because quadrant said so but if you know when you install one rom and you benchmark it five times and you get an average and you install another one and it's significantly higher or lower you you know there's something there's a relative idea of how how it's doing compared to other devices so it's not perfect but you know it's not meant to be but it's in my opinion better than nothing so definitely and what's it called again 3D. Uh, 3D Mark by Future Mark. They've been making these Future nice. Mark demos or these 3D Mark demos for a decade now. So, all right, I got a I got a game for you guys. I thought when I first saw this, I thought it was Metroid, and I was like, no way. It's not. It's called Megatroid, which it's kind of a like a Mega Man ish port. Uh, I'll show you the screenshots here. It is, I, I spent a little time playing it. Other than the fact that I hate when games don't let you exit, like there's no UI exit and hitting the back button doesn't exit. You have to like go and just hit home. I hate when games do that. But other than that, from what I've played, it's a pretty sweet game. So it's side scroller. You can go left or right, jump, shoot. That's about as far as I've gotten. I, I just jump up walls, double jump, all that stuff. There's enemies to destroy, as you see in the screenshots here, and you can also upgrade your armors. <laughs> so and and you have a a dear friend and robotic pet, the self-propelled aerial kinematic kitten. Right, which is total total kitty tongue. It's awesome. Oh, now I'm getting this game. Oh, it's on. I know. Yeah. Any it game has a spack, <laughs> Sign me up. Any game that has a cat as its avatar or friend or like, if Link, if Zelda, instead of the dumb fairy thing, would have been, like, kittens? Oh, dude. You thought it was a bestseller with fairies in it. Just wait. But, yeah, it's called Megatroid. It's free. Um, I'm sure there's lots of in-app purchases and malware in it. But if you're adventurous, it is. <laughs> it looks awesome on the Nexus 10, which is... Yeah, awesome. this is Android. We're safe. Yeah. Are. What am I talking about? Malware and viruses. <laughs> this, is, this is Android. <laughs> Totally, totally I, you, safe. You typically send text messages back to Russia, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, my family's oh. there. <laughs> ah. Okay, that's it. Megatroid, check it out, and enjoy your SPAC, the self-propelled aerial kinematic kitten. <laughs> Who relies on Grin's instruction? That's awesome. All right, uh, Tag of the Androids has an email address. Eric is going to tell you what it is. Thank you, Matt. Uh, the email address that you can send us email is show at attackoftheandroid.com. Thank you, Eric. We also have a phone number you can call and leave a message at. It's 406-204-4687 if you're into uh, doing that sort of stuff. We also have a very active Google Plus community where we post articles and make snotty, snide remarks about them and then laugh to ourselves. Uh, it's a good time. So we got like 50 yeah. members in there. Hang out with us. Talk about Android stuff. Uh, also, subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate that. And Nick Carroll and Eric Fingenmeter. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Watch us tomorrow on Yats and Thursday for Point and Shoot. And Pruitt's Smartphone Photographer Hangout. So, until next week, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.